0: Chapter Twenty Nine of Havoc by E. Phillips Oppenheim. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Waes, Tom's Chapter Twenty Nine, Lawson's Treachery Discovered. About twenty minutes past six on the same evening, Bellamy, his clothes thick with dust his face dark with anger jumped lightly from a sixty car and rang the bell of the lift at number no. fifteen dover street arrived on the first floor he was confronted almost immediately by the sad-faced manservant of mademoiselle Adial. mademoiselle is in bellamy asked quickly the man's expression was one of sombre regret mademoiselle is spending the day in the country sir bellamy took him by the shoulders and flung him against the wall Thank you, he said. I've heard that before. He walked down the passage and knocked softly at the door of Louise's sleeping apartment. There was no answer. He knocked again and listened at the keyhole. There was some movement inside, but no one spoke. Louise, he cried softly, let me in. It is I, David. Again the only reply was the strangest of sounds. Almost it seemed as though a woman were trying to speak with a hand over her mouth then Bellamy suddenly stiffened into rigid attention. There were voices in the small reception-room, the voice of Henri, the butler, and another. Reluctantly he turned away from the closed door and walked swiftly down the passage. He entered the reception-room and looked around him in amazement. It was still in disorder. Lawson sat in an easy-chair with a tumbler of brandy by his side. Henri was tying a bandage around his head, his collar was torn, there were marks of blood about his shirt. Bellamy's eyes sparkled. He closed the door behind him. Come, he exclaimed, after all. I fancy that my arrival is somewhat opportune. Henri turned towards him with a reproachful gesture. Monsieur Lassen has been unwell, monsieur, he said. He has had a fit and fallen down. Bellamy laughed contemptuously. I think I can reconstruct scene a little better than that, he declared. What do you say, Mr. Lawson? The man glared at him viciously. I do not know what you are talking about, he said. I do not wish to speak to you. I am ill. You had better go and persuade Mademoiselle to return. She is at Dover, waiting. You are a liar, Bellamy answered. She is in her room now, locked up, guarded perhaps by one of your creatures. I have been halfway to Dover, but I tumbled to your scheme in time, Mr. Lawson. You found our friend Laverick, a trifle awkward, I fancy. Lawson swore through his teeth, but said nothing. From your somewhat disheveled appearance, Bellamy continued, I think I may conclude that you were not able to come to any amicable arrangement with Mademoiselle's visitor. He declined to accept you as her proxy, I imagine. Still, one must make sure. He advanced quickly. Lawson shrank back in his chair. What do you mean? he asked gruffly. Keep him away from me, Henri. Ring the bell for your other man. This fellow would do me a mischief. Not I, Bellamy answered scornfully. Stay where you are, Henri. To your other accomplishments I have no doubt you include that of Valen. Take off his coat. But, monsieur, Henri protested, I'm damned if he shall, the man in the chair snarled. Bellamy turned to the door, locked it, and put the key in his pocket. Look here, he said. I do not for one moment believe that Laverick handed over to you the document you were so anxious to obtain. On the other hand, I imagine that your somewhat battered appearance is the result of fruitless argument on your part with a view to inducing him to do so. Nevertheless, I can afford to run no risks. The coat first, please, Henri. It is necessary that I search it thoroughly. There was a brief hesitation. Bellamy's hand went reluctantly into his pocket i hate to seem melodramatic he declared and i never carry firearms but i have a little life-preserver here which i have learned how to use pretty effectively come you know it isn't a fair fight you've had all you want lawson and henri there hasn't the muscle of a chicken lawson rose groaning to his feet and allowed his coat to be removed bellamy glanced through the pockets holding one letter for a moment in his hands as he glanced at the address the writing of our friend truce he remarked with a smile no you need not fear lawson i am not going to read it there is plenty of proof of your treachery without this lawson's face was livid and his eyes seemed like beads bellamy handed back the coat that's all right he said nothing here i am glad to see or in the waistcoat he added passing his hands over it i'll trouble you to stand up for a moment mr lawson the man did as he was bid and bellamy felt him all over when he had finished he held in his hand a key the key to mademoiselle's chamber i have no doubt he announced i will leave you then while i see what deviltry you have been up to he walked calmly to the table which stood by the window and deliberately cut the telephone wire with the instrument under his arm he left the room Lawson blundered to his feet as though to intercept him but Bellamy's eyes suddenly flashed red fury, and the life-preserver of which he had spoken glittered above his head. Lassen staggered away. I'm a long-suffering man, Bellamy said, and if you don't remember now that you're the beaten dog, I may lose my temper. He locked them in, walked down the passage, and opened the door of Louise's bedchamber with fingers that trembled a little. With a smothered oath he cut the cord from the arms of the maid and the gag from her mouth. Louise, clad in a loose afternoon gown, was lying upon the bed, as though asleep. Bellamy saw with an impulse of relief that she was breathing regularly. "'This is Lawson's work, of course,' he exclaimed. "'What have they done to her?' The maid spoke thickly. She was very pale and unsteady upon her feet. "'It was something they put in her wine,' she faltered. "'I think Mr. Lawson said it would keep her quiet for three or four hours. I think that she is waking now.' Louise opened her eyes and looked at them with amazement. Bellamy sat by the side of the bed and supported her with his arm. It is only a skirmish, dear, he whispered, and it is a drawn battle, although you got the worst of it. She put her hand to her head, struggling to remember. Mr. Laverick has been here? she asked. He has. Your friend Lawson has been taking a hand in the game. I came here to find you like this, and Annette tied up. Henri is in with him." What has become of your other servants, I don't know. Henri asked for a holiday for them, she said, the color slowly returning to her cheeks. I begin to understand. But tell me, what happened when Mr. Laverick came? I can only guess, Bellamy answered. But it seems that Lassen must have received him as though with your authority. And what then? she asked quickly. I am almost certain, Bellamy declared, that Laverick refused to have anything to do with him. I received a word from Dover to say that you were on your way home, and asking me to meet you at the Lord Wharton Hotel. I borrowed Montressor's racing car, but I sent telegrams, and I was pretty soon on my way back. When I arrived here I found Lawson in your little room with a broken head. Evidently Laverick and he had a scrimmage, and he got the worst of it. I have searched him to his bones, and he has no paper. Laverick brought it here without doubt, and has taken it away again. She rose to her feet. "'Go and let Lassen out,' she said. "'Tell him he must never come here again. I will see him at the opera house to-night or to-morrow night, that is, if I can get there. I do not know whether I shall feel fit to sing.' "'I shall take the liberty also,' remarked Bellamy, of kicking Henri out. Louise sighed. "'He was such a good servant. I think it must have cost our friend Streuss a good deal to buy Henri.' "'You will come back to me when you have finished with them?' Bellamy made short work of his discomfited prisoners. Lassen was surly but only eager to depart. Henri was resigned but tearful. Almost as they went the other servants began to return from their various missions. Bellamy went back to Louise who was lying down again and drinking some tea. She motioned Bellamy to come over to her side. Tell me, she asked, what are you going to do now? I am going to do what I ought to have done before, Bellamy answered. "'Laverick's connection with this affair is suspicious enough, but after all he is a sportsman and an Englishman. I am going to tell him what that envelope contains. Tell him the truth.' "'You are right,' she exclaimed. "'Whatever he may have done, if you tell him the truth he will give you that document. I am sure of it. Do you know where to find him?' "'I should go to his rooms,' Bellamy declared. "'I must be quick too, for Lawson is free. They will know that he has failed.' "'Come back to me, David.' She begged, and he kissed her fingers and hurried out. End of Chapter Twenty Nine. Recording by Tom Weiss. Tom's Audiobooks. Com.